Hello, and welcome to the Main Street Matters podcast, presented to you by Heart on Main Street. This podcast is dedicated to the independent retail community, sharing their stories and providing retailers tips on how to improve their business. I am your host, Patrick Kaiser. Thank you so much for joining. Today, we'll be discussing our stories from the road. Over the past several months, I've been hitting the road and visiting retailers in towns all across the country. If you aren't already following our social media, you can keep track of my travels and follow along with our Main Street Mondays by following Heart on Main Street, all one word, on Instagram. Part of the purpose of our Main Street Mondays is to go out to towns and introduce Heart on Main Street to as many retailers as possible. I want people to know that there is an organization out there supporting independent retailers, providing free education, and aid after natural disasters. But I am also genuinely interested in learning about these retailers, understanding why they started their stores, what their successes have been, and where they face challenges. These things help us as an organization provide better information for retailers. Every store, every story is unique, and I love learning the why behind the store. I also want to understand better what towns are doing and not doing to help their cities succeed. In some towns, you can drive in and recognize that there are institutions within the area that are helping promote businesses and working to bring people to their downtown. But this is not every town. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the next four stops on the Main Street Monday tour. LeClaire, Iowa, Hinsdale, Illinois, St. Joseph, Michigan, and Galena, Illinois. Before we dive in, I would like to make a plea to you, my dear listener. As many of you are aware, over the last several weeks, Hawaii has been impacted by devastating wildfires, predominantly on the island of Maui. The historic town of Lahaina was destroyed. Over 100 people died, over 3,000 structures, including homes and businesses, were impacted. Many retail owners woke up to find that their livelihoods were gone. Heart of Main Street is raising money to help retailers in the area recover and reopen their stores. I ask that you please consider making a donation to Heart on Main Street to support these retailers. To support this show or our organization, please go to heartonmainstreet.org or follow the link in this episode's description. Even a donation of $5 or $10 goes a really long way to helping us accomplish our goal. We are also a 501c3, so all donations are tax deductible. Thank you very much. The first stop that we're going to be talking about today is LeClaire, Iowa. LeClaire is a suburb of the Quad Cities of Moline, Rock Island, Bettendorf, and Davenport, which straddle both sides of the Mississippi between Illinois and Iowa. LeClaire is a historic town that was actually Buffalo Bill Cody's birthplace. With gigantic riverboats and houses with white picket fences lining the main strip, the town gives off this Mark Twain, Huckleberry Finn feeling that provides charm to go along with its history. And this is a town that leans into its history rather than shying away. The main road is called Cody Road. Several stores have Cody or Buffalo Bill references in their name. Stores and restaurants occupy these majestic old homes that surround Cody Road. And of course, the Mississippi River is an ever-constant presence. 
During the town's big festival of the year, a tug line is laid across the river between Iowa and Illinois, and a tug-of-war competition takes place throughout the week, pitting state versus state for bragging rights, which is a really fun and innovative way to bring the community together. While in Leclerc, I met with Tammy, the owner of Bella, a gift, clothing, home accessory store. Like so many retail owners, Tammy kind of backed her way into owning a retail store. She started working at the store part-time when her kids were young, and then as time progressed, the original owner decided to retire. Tammy knew the importance of the store to the community. She had ideas for how to grow the business and how to integrate it into the town even further, so she plunged in. In over five years, she has built a beautiful, successful store. Like so many retailers, Tammy did not have the background in retail or retail ownership, but she knew enough to make simple changes that could really help the business thrive. She focused a lot on merchandising and making sure the store looked good and clean and pristine. She opened a coffee bar within the store where people come in and can grab a drink. And if they like it, they can buy the drink mix off her shelves and take it home. She also brought in many things to appeal to the community. She really leaned into the idea of LeClaire pride and pride in the state of Iowa, selling items with the city name or the zip code and items for the two major universities in Iowa. This is another really successful strategy that I have seen be incredibly well done while traveling. People want to feel connected to where they're from. They want to show pride in their hometowns. So giving them the opportunity to do so can be a major boon. And if the whole town gets behind the concept, as I've seen in some places, then you can really have a movement where people search out these items with the town name on them and wear them everywhere. And it really does bring this pride to, to the town. For all of the histories and festivals that a town does to support its retailers, there is one major player in Leclerc that probably equals or surpasses the efforts of everything else. When I said the name LeClaire, Iowa, the name might have rung a bell for some of you. It is the home to Antique Archaeology, the store owned by Mike Wolf and is often featured in the show American Pickers. It has become a tourist destination for those who like artifacts of Americana. There is now a second store in Nashville, but LeClaire is the original. Here you can find old street signs and commercial signs, automobile parts and accessories ranging back over like eight decades. License plates, journals, toys, buttons, and books from the 40s and 50s. You can certainly find more modern self-promoting materials as well, but this store is almost emblematic of the city itself. Rich history with modern touches, small but a destination for people. Other towns in this situation might resent the big player. They garner all the attention. The town becomes known for something other than itself and its history. But in Leclerc, they seem to revel in it. They are the antique Americana town. I also stopped in a store called Aunt Hattie's Gift Store while there, and it was clear that they've made a business of spinning off antique archaeology. 
Americana products like vintage toys and candy and records and magazines. The store really encompasses two buildings that are connected by a walkway. The second building is almost entirely dedicated to the home bar owner. They have vintage beer taps and old bar signs, steins and mugs that span across decades. This is a store that knows they are going to get a lot of people coming into their town looking for this type of product because of the major player in town. And thus they are catering to those customers, providing other items that aren't really re available nearby. Leclerc is a small town, but it also happens to be home of one of the country's most popular niche independent retailers that attracts people from across the United States. Rather than shying away from its history or treating its biggest retailer as a one-off within the town, the town has done a marvelous job of leaning into its history and having offshoot businesses that feed off of antique archaeology. This way the city can retain its uniqueness and still embrace a large attraction. My next stop for Main Street Monday was Hinsdale, Illinois. In all transparency, I am very familiar with Hinsdale, Illinois. In fact, I grew up in Hinsdale and have watched it change and grow as a village over the past 25 years that my family has lived there. When I went to visit Hinsdale, it was the Monday before the 4th of July. And I know that this Norman Rockwellian village goes all out for the 4th of July. So it was a perfect time in many ways to pay a visit back home. Hinsdale has an absolutely charming downtown, sprawling across four square blocks with retailers filling every nook and cranny available. From main streets to back alleys, you can find stores and restaurants and cafes of all varieties here. Boutiques, consignment shops, florists, hardware stores, jewelry stores, kids stores, a skiing and skateboarding store, and even a piano store. The downtown is very pretty, and people come from all across the suburbs of Chicago to shop and dine. There are train tracks that go through the middle of downtown and bring people in. And yes, unlike many areas, the Chicago public transportation system is very widely used. Over the past decade or so, they've done a wonderful job at building infrastructure to support retail in the area. The train station was remodeled to become more accommodating to people traveling in or out of the village. At one point, there was a major issue with parking in the downtown area. In fact, when I was in high school, I was part of a broadcast club, and a segment in our one and only episode was dedicated to how little parking there was in the downtown, and how this was a major issue for businesses and shoppers alike. The amount of street parking was really not sufficient for the number of people that were coming to shop and dine. Well, the village now has a parking garage, and I'd like to think that we were in some small way responsible for getting that built. The village also has become a program called Uniquely Thursdays during the summer, in which streets close down to cars, they bring in live music, restaurants cater outside, and there's a family-friendly party in the downtown area. And it's worked! What was a very quiet night of the week has created an atmosphere for the town to show up and socialize with one another. Shop and stores that are now staying open later on these nights and it has boosted business. 
Now, as I mentioned, I am from Hinsdale. I know a little bit more about this area and its history than any other town that I visited. Like, for one, I know that it prefers to be called a village rather than a town. I apologize to all the other villages that I may have called towns or cities over the past few episodes. I know the history of the retailers in this village. There are many independent retailers that have a long-lasting presence in the community. Some have been there for 50, 70, or even 90 years. But as the town has transitioned to become more welcoming to a larger base of people, the retail landscape within the town has changed. The local pharmacy has become a Starbucks. The local toy store has become a Verizon store. A restaurant space was remodeled and a FedEx office was inserted. The local bike shop became a well-known men's clothing brand store. A local pet store became a boutique pet smart. And the examples go on and on. I don't mean to be critical of Hinsdale in this aspect. I see this in many towns that I go to of having larger chains intermixed within the independent retailers. I just know the history here much better. As there has been a shift back to shopping in local downtowns, Wall Street has invaded Main Street. And towns or villages that do not actively protect and support their locally owned businesses will see an influx of major chains. And I get it from the town's perspective. Empty retail spots are not great aesthetically or for surrounding businesses. And if you're going to take a bet on who's going to be there in 10 years, the odds on favorite is a major chain and not the burgeoning entrepreneur with no retail experience. But when you allow an influx of chains to replace locally owned stores, you lose its uniqueness. You lose some of that charm. You lose the factor that attracted people to come to the village in the first place. But again, that is not to say that every store in Hinsdale is a chain. That would be a misrepresentation and honestly a, a nightmare scenario. There are some wonderful independent retail locations. One retailer that I really want to highlight in Hinsdale is called King Kaiser. No relation to me. King Kaiser is an outdoor sports and winter apparel specialty sports store that has been in Hinsdale for over 70 years. This store has everything if you're into skiing, snowboarding, hiking, mountain bike riding, anything kind of in that genre. The store has the decor and feel of a ski lodge. When you walk in, there is a pine scent wafting through the air, setting the mood for what you're going to find there. It is a spacious, well-merchandised store. Everything can be seen clearly. You can take things off the walls to feel and test them out. The employees work well with the customers and their parents if necessary to ensure that they have the right equipment and the fit for their skill level. As you could expect for a store that has been around since the early 50s, King Kaiser has really built itself a spot within the community. Not only do they sell ski and snowboard merchandise, but they also host the village's ski school, teaching decades of children how to hit the slope safely. When the bike store closed down in town, they bought a lot of the merchandise and started selling bikes to the community. They recognized there was a great need for this to exist, and they filled that gap. Hinsdale is a beautiful village. It has done a lot for its downtown to ensure a vibrant shopping and dining atmosphere. 
they recognized where there were problems in their infrastructure and made the appropriate changes to fix them. They recognized the need for community events and worked to create them and have them consistently to give their customers something to look forward to and rally behind. At the same time though, there was a shift to a less of a prioritization of locally owned businesses. Even some of the locally owned stores are really the third or fourth location of a locally owned small chain. You will see more of this if the focus is not on protecting and supporting locally owned businesses within a downtown. But the 4th of July parade was, as it always is, absolutely fantastic. The following week, I headed up to St. Joseph, Michigan. Upon entering St. Joe's, you immediately get a beach town vibe that you might find on the East Coast or the West Coast, and it's kind of strange to think about it in Michigan, but Michigan has some tremendous beaches and lakes that really allow for this culture. I pulled into the downtown of St. Joseph and was immediately met by images of wet-haired teens in swimsuits carrying surfboards and boogie boards headed to and coming from the water. The main road is a one-way street lined on both sides by dozens of restaurants and retail stores of all types. Our first stop was at G&M Variety, which is a classic general store. The building has been there since the 1940s, but the current owners have owned it for the past two, almost three years. There was literally everything you could want in this store. Food, candy, home decor, home accessories, beach supplies and toys, party supplies, and even things to do for a rainy day. The store itself is a good embodiment of the town. They know they're a tourist destination town. They know people come for the beach and a vacation, so they ensure that they have all the supplies necessary for an enjoyable time. Within the downtown, there are multiple children's stores, multiple toy stores, a bookstore filled with beach reads, boutiques that specialize in beach clothing, a surf shop where you can rent surfboards and wetsuits. You could come into town totally unprepared to have a beach vacation and be absolutely fine because the stores of the downtown area were set up to provide everything that you'd need. One store that I was particularly impressed with was a store called Perennial Accents. It is a store in its second ownership. A family had previously owned it and ran it for many years before selling it to a new owner about five years ago. It is housed in a building that was constructed in 1866 as a pharmacy. So while many parts of the town felt new, downtown St. Joseph has a vibrant history. The building still has its original stained glass on its face and beautiful tin ceilings throughout the store. As a store, it is a home accent, kitchen supplies, and gift store, but upon entering and interacting with the staff, you could tell this store breathes customer service and creating a great experience. Unfortunately, the owner was not in on the day that I arrived, but she said, don't worry, my friend Stacy can show you around. I was a little hesitant because I usually like to speak to the owner or the manager so I can get a good feel for the store and learn more about them and, and my friend Stacy didn't quite portray the same level of authority and know-how. Let me tell you I was wrong. Stacy, who is an actual employee of the store and not just a friend, was a saint. 
She knew everything about perennial accents. She knew its history. She knew how it made it through the COVID shutdowns, what the location had been previously in other iterations, why the owner bought it, what they've done to improve things, their best sellers, the local artisans which they feature in the store, how they train their staff. I mean everything. Not only did she tell us about the artwork and the products within the store, but she really focused on how their customer service sets them apart and allows them to create a great customer experience for their customers. I noticed it right away as I entered. I was greeted warmly by multiple employees and asked what, if anything in particular, I was looking for. But it went so far above that. Because it is a vacation town, many people are looking for gifts, so they offer complimentary gift wrapping with every purchase. This is a little element that has grown in popularity over the last few years, but it goes such a long way to elevate the experience for your customer. As I've mentioned before, the customer experience is one of the largest factors that can allow for repeat customers for retailers. If someone has a good experience in your store, they want to come back. Heck, they want to tell their friends about the experience that they had. They'll even write about it on Yelp. And gift wrapping for someone is something so small that goes so far. In addition to wrapping your gifts, they will also give you a rose, which is such a nice touch. This is a tradition that has been carried over from the previous owners who owned a rose garden. And those previous owners still come by every day with a basket of roses to be distributed out to their customers. And then they have even thought through the location in regards to the experience. If you've just bought a nice gift and have it gift wrapped, but you're either going to continue shopping or maybe go down to the beach, there's no place to really put this item that you've just purchased. Perennial Accents will essentially coat check your gift for you. They provide you with a little keychain with their logo on it, and they will store your purchase for you until you're ready to come pick it up. These three things are so endearing and experience-focused that they've made themselves a focal point in this downtown. In addition to this, Perennial Accents also keeps a chef on staff in their kitchen and cookware section, who makes food for customers, but also teaches cooking classes using the cookwares that are sold in-store, so customers can come in, learn how to make a meal, and then buy the things necessary to cook as they did in class. This is not a new concept, you see this in cooking stores often, but to see a home and gift store also put this focus into their experience does seem pretty innovative. I was truly impressed by St. Joseph. As a town, they know why people flock to their city. They know what those people need and have created stores and services dedicated to ensuring that every want can be anticipated and met. The last town I'm gonna to be talking about today is Galena, Illinois. Oh, Galena, how I loved you. Galena is near the borders of Illinois, Iowa, and Wisconsin. It too is a very historic city. It was the hometown of Ulysses S. Grant and eight other Civil War generals. While this is certainly represented in the town with monuments and restaurants and different areas named things like nine generals, it is not an overwhelming focus of the town. It seems as though they have successfully transitioned the attraction from being a town of history to an entity in and of itself. 
Again, the history is absolutely still represented. Many people go to there to explore the town's history and go to museums. There are double-decker bus tours and multiple ghost tours predominantly advertised throughout downtown. However, the beautiful architecture of the downtown and the amount of shopping and unique retail has really become another attraction too. This is one of the larger tourist towns in Illinois, which is interesting because it's near Dubuque, Iowa, and not a whole lot else. When I arrived, I was immediately impressed with their main street. It is blocks and blocks and blocks of unique independent retail. You do not see chains in this town or every other storefront being occupied by an insurance company. It was unique independent retailers all up and down the street. And when I talk about unique, I mean unique. Yes, there were clothing stores and home decor stores and gift stores and jewelry stores like you see in every town. But there were also garlic stores, a wooden spoon shop, a store completely dedicated to birds and bird products, a canning store that sold canned items and locally canned products, a create-your-own-scent store, a hat store, a leather goods store, a sock store, a store purely dedicated to the holidays, and not just like a spirit Halloween, but a true independent retailer that was Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything you could want for the holidays. There was seriously such a wide variety of retail there. I was truly impressed. The first store I visited was maybe my favorite toy store I visited yet. It's called Poopsies, which is just a fun name, but it also has such a sweet sentiment behind it. One of the original owners had a family member with Alzheimer's who couldn't remember her family member or her grandchildren's names. So she ended up calling all of the people that she loved Poopsie. When you walk in, you two are Poopsie. It is a gigantic store filled with all sorts of toys and games and art and items that represent fun and wonder. They play fun music from children's movies to set the mood. When you walk in, it's almost like there's a release of tension. You are all of a sudden allowed to be a child again and explore the store and all the fun things that it contains. And there's absolutely a mission with this store. It is a woman-owned store and a woman-operated store, and they make a point to source socially conscious products for their store and buy from vendors who represent larger missions. Having a mission and ensuring that your customers see your mission allows them to feel a part of it too. They aren't just buying a stuffed animal because it's a stuffed animal. They're buying a stuffed animal that has a meaning behind it or that represents something larger and allows the customer to be a part of that experience. One store I absolutely fell in love with was the Galena Spoon Company. This is a store a little off Main Street and from the outside just has a sign that reads spoons. It's intriguing enough to make you want to venture off the main road and check it out. This seems to work too. While I was in the store and talking with the owner, no less than five groups of people walked in to check out his store. 
Most purchased something because they noticed the quality of the craftsmanship, but even those who didn't buy were drawn off the beaten path by a sign that just said spoons. From the moment I walked in, I could tell this store was special. My first impression was of Paul, the owner, sitting in a corner with his work bag carving a wooden spoon. You could see how much attention and love he put into the product, and getting the angles just right to make the perfect spoon. Paul went on to explain all the different types of products he creates, from stirring spoons to honey dippers to deglazers. He doesn't make everything in the store, like some of the cutting boards and some of the other products, but everything is handmade by people he knows that live within about 100 miles of the store. His business model is very unique. Part kitchenware store, but also part wholesale vendor for all of the restaurants across Main Street. And this was something I noticed as I went through Galena. Everyone supported each other. Which, in retrospect, makes total sense for a town like Galena. It has such a focus on independent retail and small businesses that it wants to help out its own. They don't want to rely on outside help. Businesses look internal when they have a need, and there are so many retailers of all types that I'm sure they can find whatever they need if they just look around. Like many stores I went into had their own signature fragrance that was wafting throughout the store and they sold candles of that fragrance at the counter. Well, where did they get these signature fragrances? At the scent workshop, where you can create your own scent. This is a community of retailers that supports each other and makes sure that they keep locally owned businesses in place. From these four towns or villages that I visited, there were so many learnings about how main streets can thrive, both from what the town can do and what retailers can do themselves. One thing retailers can do is really lean into the town's history. I saw this done well in Leclerc and Galena. There were many retailers that incorporated their history into their name or the products that they have there. Also along the same lines, recognize why people come to visit your town. Sometimes that is the history, as it is in Galena, but other times it's something else entirely that brings them there like in Leclerc and St. Joseph. Understanding what draws people in allows the retailer to meet the needs of the customer better. Lean into what makes your town unique and special. Are they that antique hunter coming from far away to check out the antique stores? Well, carry antiques or vintage style products that the people would want. Are they coming for a beach vacation? Well, what do vacationers need and want that maybe they don't have or they forgot. Service is king. I saw that with the success of retailers in Hinsdale and St. Joseph. If you can provide great service to your customers and go the extra mile for them, they will return and they will bring their friends. Whether that's by wrapping everything and distributing flowers or assaging parents' fears about having the right equipment and knowledge of how to go down a ski slope. If you provide a great service and a great experience, you have won that customer. Main Street merchants can also support each other. Tired of having the same storefront cycle through a new business every couple years? Well, what can you do to support them? 
And Galena, I saw businesses buying from other businesses that make their own products and really creating kind of a community ecosystem. It could also be sharing knowledge and best practices in business with each other. And also stores that have a mission really allow their customers to be involved in the store and be a part of something larger. When they're buying a product from your store, they're not just buying the product, they're buying the story too. And so that mission goes such a long way to ensuring that customer loyalty. Towns can also do a lot to support their main streets. Festivals or events are many things that towns do. They're a great way for the city to build community with its citizens, bring people into the area from the outside, and celebrate its history. But as a retailer, what are you doing differently during these events to support them? The events will bring people in, but you must still give them an opportunity to come through your doors. Towns can also place a larger emphasis on independent retailers and ensure that they prioritize them over chains. This is tougher for towns to do as Wall Street is making its way to Main Street. But if the community supports locally owned businesses and businesses support each other, you can, as I saw in Galena, create a culture that demands local businesses over chains and make your town, village, city a destination for people to come to. Because people don't come for a Starbucks, they come for a Poopsies. Through our Main Street Mondays, we've gone on to visit so many more towns, and I'm excited to bring you stories from those as well. But we've come to the end of our time today. You can follow along with Heart on Main Street through social media at Heart on Main Street, all one word, on basically all platforms. Follow along every Monday for our Main Street Mondays as I explore different towns. If you'd like to be featured in a Main Street Monday, let us know. You can email us at contact at heartonmainstreet.org or put a comment on a video or this podcast. We'd be excited to see your town. This episode was written, produced, researched, edited, and hosted by me, Patrick Kaiser. For more information on our organization, visit heartonmainstreet.org. Thank you so much. <laughs>